Welcome back, Engine, to I Got Pushed and Unhypen Podcast. My name is Nathan, and I'm the creator and co-host of the podcast. And before we get into this episode, I wanted to give you a couple messages. Number one, thank you so much for clicking on this podcast. We know it has been a year since Crystal and I went on an indefinite hiatus, but we are so thankful and grateful for your support. Your messages during this year have been so encouraging. And so Crystal and I really wanted to get back to the work of just spending about an hour with all of you to discuss and hype and share in the love of NG. Number two, we wanted to let you know that we ran into some audio problems recording this podcast episode. And so what you're getting today is um, our ambient track that we record for every episode. We have it just in case there's emergencies like this one where the audio that we did create that was well mixed ends up corrupted or otherwise unusable. So the track will have some audio irregularities. There will be some echoing on the track, but we thank you for bearing with us during this time. And we hope to have our brand new podcasting equipment up and ready to create a track that will actually work when we post it. Thanks again for your listenership. And here is the brand new episode of I Got Pushed and an Hypen podcast, originally recorded on November 15th, 2021. So we're back. We're back. We're back on the pod. After quite the hiatus. Just about a year. Whole year. Almost. Because the last episode that we did was the Inhypen debut episode where we talked about the Border Day One album and Inhypen's debut. Mm-hmm. And there's been a lot of not only like Inhypen stuff that's happened, but also personal stuff. A lot of things have changed for us yeah. and for Inhypen. I'll let you start. Yeah, no. So I still have the same job, but what's exciting is I was recently promoted to a senior position. Yeah. Which is very exciting. Yes. And back when we were doing the podcast, I was only just loosely dating someone, and now they are my partner. Yeah. Who, I, who I've been with for over a year now. And he's a very sweet guy. He is. I approve wholeheartedly. <laughs> um, I started working at my old high school, our old high school, yes. as a college and careers advisor, and it's like the job of my life. I love it. There's a lot of opportunity to move into education as a teacher, which I'm now going to be going to get my master's degree in May to be a teacher. Um, So, yeah. We're very excited for you. Lots of very (laughs) interesting things. I know. So many big changes. Yeah. We have waited so long for a full-length album from Enhypen. I know this album really was rocking. Yeah, I mean, this is really, like, doesn't this really just solidify their career? I think so, too. Yeah. I think you're so right. Like, in Hypen, since they debuted, have had this whole expectation of, like, trying to live up to their, you know, former big hit, now Hive label, right? Right. And so they've constantly been in the shadows of, you know, obviously, BTS. Yes who you you can't beat them like they, they are on a different level but like also txt lots of expectations right mm-hmm. um 
But yeah, so Dimension Dilemma is the first studio album by and hyphen. It was released on October 12th, 2021 through Belith Lab. The album consists of eight tracks, including Taint Dashed, which is the lead track. Also, Intro Whiteout, Upper Side Dreamin', Just a Little Bit, also known as Molasso, Go Big or Go Home, a blockbuster featuring Young June of TXT, Attention Please, and then the last track is Interlude Question. It's tantalizing. Confusion. <laughs> well, right. It's tantalizing. It leaves you wanting more. Oh, I know, right? So let's start with... Um, Let's start with the Team Dash song, the title track. The music video was one of the first things I showed you, and we were both, I think we were, we were both at like a pumpkin carving party. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, can you take a second for an hyphen? And you were like, duh. <laughs> so if you recall, the music video has two locales. One is at a school, and then one is at the beach. beach. Yeah. And um, the first thing that really struck me about the music video was the fashion. Yeah, the fashion was interesting. Oh my gosh. Especially like the rugby outfits with like the the leather, I don't want to say skirts because I don't think they were, they look like they might have been shorts that like just have very flared legs. But mm-hmm. even if it's like a skirt, that's freaking awesome. It was awesome. Yeah. And then the the striped be- like beach wear was like very nautical. It was very nautical and it felt like this, uh, I mean, there are a lot of nods to like a British boarding school or a British seaside retreat. Which I loved and they included the whole rugby aspect of it too. Mm-hmm. It, it really drew everything together. Mm-hmm. Now, the music video had like a very energetic choreography. You guys, this is like the first time you've been back podcasting in almost a year. I'm going to trip up a lot on this podcast. I'm not editing anything out because I'm so lazy. Um, but the choreography is very high energy, in your face. I think that that's what Hyphen does best. Yeah, the choreography is always spot on with them. Yeah. I mean, that's what they were drilled on so stringently throughout all of Island. Right. So, of course, that's what they're going to do. <laughs> that was always just... the criticism was like, oh, yeah. it's just a bunch of background dancers debuting in it. Wait, shut up. You're right. Shut up, Internet. I don't care anymore. Right. Uh, They have proven themselves over and over again, and this comeback just solidifies the fact that they will have a nice career going forward. Mm -hmm. Along with Drunk Dazed and with Give and Taken, like, Choreography Kings. Yep. 100%. Now, the track itself, very energetic as well. Um, It has that kind of, like, low-key EDM vibe. You know what I'm talking about? It definitely does. It has, like, a low-key EDM vibe, and then also, like, it's not Beach Boys sounding, but it gives me Beach Boys Beach vibes. Boy vibes. It's, yeah. the, it's the summer na-na-na. Yes. That, that's what feels so, like, mm-hmm. 60s boy band, but, like, yep. much more of the Beach Boys. And definitely that EDM vibe, because even though, so one of my favorite bands is Animal Collective, and while they're not quite EDM, they do have this kind of, like, trance, psychedelic pop feel to them. Yes. And they have also harkened back to, like, Beach Boy vibes, and have a lot of that kind of, like, whimsical... It's very dreamlike. Like, dreamlike kind mm-hmm. of state. And so We're I going through that, that. trance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I definitely noticed that with Tame Dash. And even their intro to this album was very oh, animal collective-like. Yeah, intro whiteout. We watched the lyric music video for that before. And it's like kind of trippy mm-hmm. because at the beginning it's like the dunna 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 and it like gets faster and faster and then spins into this like very scratched beat. Yeah. It was so 
crazy. So Animal Collective. Yes, and the imagery of the music video, too. It was, yeah. Very so, Animal Collective. Which I don't know if many of our listeners would ever like Animal Collective. Most people I talk to like, don't oh. like Animal Collective, but you know what? Give it a shot. Check I, out Meriwether Post Pavilion. Sorry, I know this isn't a high No, no, plug it. Plug it. <laughs> I'm we, plugging it. We, we want to explore all art here yes. on the podcast. Like, you and I are very interdisciplinary, so like, mm-hmm. go check out Animal Collective. I have to personally say it's not my thing, but because it's Crystal's thing, I have invested a short amount of time in it. But <laughs> it's a, uh, it's an interesting taste. It is. It yeah. is. And so it's just really thrilling to me when I see in Hypen taking little bits and pieces of something that's reminiscent of Animal Collective. For me, yeah. it's just it's like the melding of two of my favorite things. Absolutely. The the entire album as a whole has varying genres and varying kind of vibes to it Mm -hmm. and even during our research we were talking about how it changes toward the end of the album we're going from this kind of like edm r&b aspects at the beginning of the album toward this very like alt rock punk yeah punkish like Mm -hmm. it was yeah it was interesting it really brought me back especially the last two songs really brought me back to like when I was in high school, listening to bands like Good Charlotte and Simple Plan. Yeah. It was fun. It was upbeat, that kind of fun rock music. Yeah. I said Nirvana intro kind of feel to that. Yes. Uh, to the Attention Please song. But let's continue with Upper Side Dreamin'. That was the first song that we listened to in our research today. Wow. That song was their B-side to the title song. So... I remember when we were listening, you started scribbling stuff down. What were you scribbling? <laughs> well, because my gut reaction to Upper Side Dreamin' is that it really resonates with me and where I'm at in my life right now. Mm-hmm. But I, I had a lot of different thoughts, and that's why I was jotting stuff down. Yeah. So first I was jotting down how it resonates with how I'm feeling right now in my life, where I'm like kind of always striving higher and higher. We dream on, as they mentioned as one of the lyrics. Yeah. And that's how I feel in my life right now. Like, okay, I just reached a senior position, but I still want to climb higher and higher. Yeah. I have bigger aspirations, and so that really spoke to me there. Um, but another thing that really drew me to the song, which was making me scribble down furiously in my notebook, is that this also harkens back to the true spirit of Island, of how these boys started out on a TV show. Oh, girl, you better speak it. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were striving together to become in Hypen, which they didn't know Run it was going to be called. Run for your dreams. Run for your dreams. It just really kind of went full circle. It's this beautiful cyclical sort of album that really just goes back to their roots. But mm-hmm. now it's not just their roots. Now it's striving even higher. Yeah, past their roots. Past it. We have this expectation that we live up to our label name, our label family, those performance expectations. One thing that I found really interesting was like whenever I was... Cert- I watch a lot of reaction videos. I'm just going to be straightforward <laughs> with everybody. I'm kind of a hoe for reaction videos. So anytime a new music video or song comes out from a K-pop group that I like, I go and search for reaction videos because I want to see how people are listening to it and thinking about it. And when I was searching for Tink Dashed at the beginning of the promo promo run for Dimension Dilemma, uh, almost all of the titles on YouTube for Tame Dash were like, and Hypen never misses. Yeah. They never miss. They're they're constantly on their shit. Like, they are. And there's, there's no point at which 
they've really slipped up and like made a dud. Thought I'd mention really quickly that our friend Meg just texted me during recording. So shout out to Meg because I know that she'll be listening. Thank you so much for listening. Yes, thanks, Meg. <laughs> but yeah, they no duds. Nope, they're always serving up the best, and it's always endearing. It's always a bop. Yes. <laughs> right? Yes. The entire time that we were researching today, there was never a song where it was like, oh, that one's the one I'll skip. Yeah, no, I never feel that way about Enhypen songs, like yeah. genuinely, which a lot of other songs, other K-pop bands, actually, to be frank, like there are songs that come on, I'm like, I can't listen to this. Ooh, <laughs> Crystal's dissing. I know, sorry. Oh my gosh, don't come for us in the DMs, we don't care. I know. So. And, I'm, and I'm not naming the K-pop band names, oh, let me no, tell you. But, I'm being I know which one she's talking about. <laughs> uh, so next up. Mola Saw, or Just a Little Bit, is the slow track of the song. The romantic one. The romantic one, yeah. And uh, I showed you the performance in the field. <laughs> Where they were, like, holding microphones. So sensually. So cute. They're just like, oh, let me serenade you. Right, it's such a romantic serenade. When we first started watching, that was what we both said almost immediately. It was like, oh, the romantic song. Mm-hmm. Because, like, we were vibing with Tame Dashed and Upper Side Dreamin'. And then all of a sudden, just a little bit comes on. And you're like, yep. That this was the this was the easy lyrical song, mm-hmm. but then I paused the video and I was like, "What if we listen to this song through like a different lens?" And I was so intrigued. I was like, "Oh, right!" Because when we first heard uh, "Border Day One," you know they have twenty cube, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, let me uh, let me in. It starts out with uh, "I'll be your boyfriend," yes. right? But when we watched the music video, we saw that they were like these perfect pristine boys under the plastic almost as if they were like mannequins or like ken dolls there was that aspect of them being like an object for us almost yes like a literal wholesale doll like something for us to just admire and they lose their autonomy they lose themselves they lose that love exactly they're just idols at that point right Mm -hmm. so what if this song is maybe even kind of like that because a lot of the lyrics are very um, antithetical. Yes. The bridge lyrics that are, they say, unfamiliar with my twisted and tangled heart, but why don't I hate it though? I feel like I'm falling for the first time to an uncomfortable yet sweet feeling. So it's like, you can take it at wholesale, right? Like this, um, I'm... I'm trying to figure out like the weird feelings of love, mm-hmm. but also like maybe even the the artist fan uh, tension. Like you know, I'm trying to navigate my negative feelings towards you while also being positive to you as my fan. I just want to put out different perspectives, especially just like with the animosity of Engine lately, especially on on Stan Twitter, like. There's been mass emails again. Fans are like constantly nagging about, you know, proper treatment of the boys and all this kind of stuff. Like, maybe we just lay off a little bit. Right. But you know me. I'm always playing devil's advocate. I'm always looking at things from different angles. And I think it's a great new angle to look at it. So, yeah, yeah, Uh, it was very interesting. I hadn't even thought of it until you brought it up. Thank you for confirming me. (laughs) (laughs) Always here to do that. And affirming me. Um, I... I just, I'm 
I'm not always settled with like the OG way that I listen to a song. Mm-hmm. Always digging. And, and Hypen has showed us historically too that there is more to it, especially when we hear something one way and then we view the music video and it does provide that other lens. Oh, so yeah. I, yeah, I think it's good to look critically or to try to think of it in different ways. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what our English teacher in high school taught us, Miss <laughs> Pollen. Heidi Pollen, a goddess. Truly. Wow. Next up, we have Go Big or Go Home. Go Big or Go Home was the first B-side that they performed live on M Countdown. And it has, I feel like, just a classic boy band sound to it. Truly does. Opens with Nikki. Yes. Which you love. My boy. Your boy. And um, love the choreo, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and this is, this is a song where I'm going to have to talk about the vocals a little bit. Because one thing that has been increasingly present in, in Hypen's music is their vocal ability. And this album's just showing it off. Nikki opens up the song with a very nice baritone. And then also Jungwon comes right after him with a shocking baritone that I've never heard from him before. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, what, sir? <laughs> and then my boy Jay. Jay. Mwah. You saw me. Chef's kiss the entire time. Yes. That we were watching. I was just... It, it... was really delightful to see her reactions. <laughs> I wish our viewers could see it. Maybe someday we'll, like, record now. You see? I, was, I, was I, I just had to catch myself viewers. I meant listeners. Listeners, exactly. <laughs> someday we might have viewers. Right. If we ever record this thing, which I don't think we will. Like, I don't... I'm, I'm ugly right now. I know, I'm stressed to fuck. <laughs> <laughs> that is so... That's the vibe. That's the energy. Like, we we literally gather at Crystal's apartment on a Sunday afternoon evening, just in, like, casual clothes. Crystal's got her glasses on, a glass of wine. I'm just, like, chilling in the back, and her cat is just, like, tearing up the rubber tree plant. Oh, my gosh, Zuzu. Oh, something new that I forgot to mention, life update. I adopted a kitten, and she is very cute, but also a bit of a Zuzu, menace. Zuzu, you menace. Hey, you know better. Zuzu. I, I, yes, hi. Zuzu might have to go on timeout. Yeah, Zuzu's going on timeout. But she's also the unofficial third podcaster. Yeah, hi, honey. Back to the vocals. Impressed. Increasingly impressed. And I'm increasingly impressed with the lyrics, too. You were jotting down the entire time. I just, I love to write down the lyrics that strike me and then also kind of piece them together throughout the other songs that they perform. Yes, yes. Um, And so for me, one thing that stood out is there's a similar theme in this song to the Upper Side Dreaming. And that theme is just essentially trying to reach higher and higher, which was in the Upper Side. And then this one is, you know, obviously saying go big or go home, like trying to become a winner, and to keep succeeding. Mm. What was interesting and what stood out to me was one of the lyrics that says, in between feels like a loss. Yeah. And so that's interesting. So what is in between for them? Does that mean where they're at currently? It's not enough. They're always yeah. seeking more because that feels like the whole theme of this album. Right. I had to point out that that's a J line, by the way, too. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad to be back in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> also, we had mentioned the crazy amounts of Shakespeare references in this music. So many Shakespeare references. Yeah, I mean, in the past, um, I think it was in May 2021, Weavers put out a magazine article um, about 
how it played a role in their Border Day One debut album. But this one has some like really overt references to Shakespeare. It does. Yeah, like Upper Side Dreamin'. Right. I mean, they're talking about Midsummer Night's Dream. Yep. Right? They say that outright pretty much. And then they also mentioned to be or not to be major Shakespeare references. And I'm sitting here like, bring up the literature, boys. Island was based on Demian. Just some real classic literature that is really part of the Enhypen universe. Mm -hmm. Which I think goes to show the amount of care that has been put into Enhypen. Oh, yeah. And that this is really a standout K-pop band. I mean, everything is so intentional. So it's just it's really exciting to see those little nuances in there. I think that it's a huge part of the the hive artistry. Mm -hmm. Their management teams do such a great job of creating stories that are intentional. And that's what I love about all of their artists, truly. Next up we have Blockbuster featuring Yeonjun of TXT. I'm just I'm very impressed by this song. When we were listening through during research, we we both had very strong reactions to that song. Mm-hmm. And especially the sound. It's very rough-edged. It's not polished like the other tracks. And really takes the album into a more hard edge at the end. It does. It's, it's, it's that first one that you hear where you're like, this is kind of different. Like, this is really different, actually. Mm-hmm. And it's striking. And it's fun. And it is edgy. Uh, the vocals as well. I mean, they start to explore like some not screaming but like edge of their voice kind of techniques i love that which sorry just to comment and bring this full circle back to animal collective yeah (laughs) some of their earlier work had that well it was more than like edging at the end of their vocals it was more like screaming full full blown screaming which i love sometimes in songs (laughs) sometimes it's cathartic it's cathartic to scream i i mean i i think that Screaming has its place in music. We grew up with people that were in those kind of alt genres. My roommate, our mutual friend, had a screamo band in high school. Like yeah. we, uh, we've been around that music. It's, it's I'm not adverse to it. Same. I was just shocked to hear it in K-pop. Yeah, um, but I loved the distorted sound. And like, thanks Youngjun for bringing such a great energy to this song. I love TXT. I'm a huge Moa. And um, to hear him on the track was just a delight because it had been a little while since TXT had put out any music. And he has writing credit on the song as well. I just watched a behind-the-scene video of him recording for it too, and he was so intentional. He's like, I'm honored to be a part of this, and thank you for inviting me to be on a track with you. And he took like real care when he was writing and performing for this song because he wanted to live up to a feature, which yeah. I thought was so sweet. It's so heartwarming. And I know that Enhypen was stoked by that collaboration, too. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And I mean, it's just, it's telling of what's to come still. Yeah. You know? On that 17 uh, video that we watched as well, where they were talking about all of these different to- uh, topics, mm-hmm. when they brought up who would you like to uh, collab with the most, they had said, like, Yanju from TXT was a great person to collab with. Like, we want to collab with all of our label mates. Yep, all of our label mates, which is huge. And I think that so much more of that is going to happen. So sweet. I know, Such so good sweet. juniors. I love them. Yeah. I have to comment on Jay again. I mean, it's probably just going to be a recurring thing this episode, but 
Um, I'm very impressed with the clarity of his vocals. Mm -hmm. um, I'm impressed with everybody's vocals on this album. I'll just run down. He's some cornerstone of the group. He, when he hits the choruses of the songs, I know it's him. And it's because he holds it down. Yeah, I have to say that he sings uh, vocals absolutely stand out to me the most. Yeah. I really just think that, I don't want to say the best, that's not fair, because everybody's so varied and has each their own sort of sound and way that they project everything, and it's just nuanced. But for me, he sung, I guess, traditionally resonates with the way that I listen to, to music and to listen pop for music, sound. Yeah. yeah. I would say he's polished. Mm. It's a good product. Like that's when, a good way to put it. Yeah, when he son sings, he has he had great training. He has good natural ability. He's a polished singer. So when you hear it, it's like music to your ears. Because, literally, yeah, yeah, literally because <laughs> because because he's so good at it. Mm -hmm. Now, like I was saying, Jay, I feel like he's had a lot of time to step up in this album. He's mm -hmm. been featured a lot more on all of the tracks, especially toward the end. Um, he's had some like pivotal parts in the hooks or choruses of the song. Oh, yes. And he has a bright sound. He does. You know, I think that when when we were watching Island, he didn't get featured as much because he kept getting shot down. Mm -hmm. And that was because of his own uh, like lack of confidence when he was like auditioning for the parts. You know, if you remember Island, he, he was uh, trying out and he, his voice was cracking. Yeah. That poor baby, right? I know. But now that he's an idol, he's actually being able to showcase his voice properly. And I love it. It, it Of course, my bias's voice pokes out to me in a song. I can mm -hmm. hear it anytime he sings. Yeah. Well, same for me and Nikki. I mean, his voice pops out for me too. Nikki's voice, it's its still the same, but changing. And mm -hmm. again, it's its uh, its getting more polished as well. Yeah. Like there's just, I feel like his vocals were always underrated on the show, honestly. I think so too, especially in Into the Island. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people were giving him crap in the community when he was chosen as the center because they were like, oh, I don't think he should. Mm -hmm. But I think it was important to see him early on. And now we have that point of growth where it's like into the island to Dimension Dilemma. Like, you can see the growth. You can see the growth, which is really... And that's what's so lovely about this. Think about where we started with this. Yeah. A TV show about all these boys just competing for their dream. Yeah. And that's why this is so exciting to follow. Absolutely. It's just to see them grow and change. I and think so, too. Be their, be their best selves. Well, that's why we keep doing the podcast. I mean, it's just exciting to be honorary soccer moms to this K-pop yeah. group, like, cheering them on. I think that Nikki's vocals also have grown, matured more. Uh, his voice has gotten lower, which mm -hmm. is the natural way of things. Right. Uh, but I think that Nikki offers a great baritone to the group. Mm -hmm. Not many groups have somebody that naturally resonates down there vocally. Mm -hmm. So whenever I hear him on an album, it pops. I must say that Jung Won's vocals increasingly catch my attention. Ever since Island Days, I've thought that his tone is the most interesting out of all of them. It lives in like a more like a deeper place in his um, his lyrics 
And that's why, sorry everybody, I'm, I used to be a vocal coach, so I'm going to use some vocal terms, uh, but your larynx is a body part in your, in your throat that regulates the rugged part of your voice. Mm. And so Jungwon has like a naturally, I might say like a rugged tone compared to the other guys, but especially in Go Big or Go Home, when he sings the diamond ring line, Catches me every time. It is, yeah. That grabs me. Nikki into Jungwon, peanut it's... butter and jelly. Yes. Like, how did they how did they figure that one out? Like, do please more. More B lift. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Beautiful pairing, absolutely. Sunu, our ray of sunshine. Yes. He has really gotten a good grip on his performance ability. Absolutely. He shines every time now. I mean, he always did. He always stood out on Island because he has that stage persona. He he exemplifies what it means to be a starlet. But I, again, you watch him grow into his own still. And he's even more comfortable in his skin. Now you see him gaining more confidence. He always had a lot of confidence, but it's just exemplified now. Absolutely. Speaking of which Jake, Really has grown into his own as well. Mm -hmm. You know, he is so silly too Mm -hmm. in his performances. Like uh, the one of his habits is that he like he raises his shoulders. Yeah, and it's so cute. Like it's cute. It's like his go-to move. And sometimes I watch it and I'm like, ooh, like it gets me so silly. I just I I, but I love it. His performance ability has just right through the roof Mm -hmm. and his vocal i would dare say next to heeson jake has the most consistent vocal Mm, yeah and he does a lot of background supporting vocals for songs i can hear it i have noticed that yeah Yeah. hold down the english for the group too yeah um big role big responsibility sangun you know everybody's like ooh visuals visuals but I love Sun Sunun's voice. Like Sunun, he has a, a very uh, light tenor. It's like a cherry on top of a Sunday. Mm-hmm. And I think that they use his voice in just the right parts of their song. It's usually toward the end when he gets his highlight or his like uh, his kill line. But I wish I could I wish I could articulate it better, but like Sunun is the cherry on top of the hyphen Sunday for me. I think that's a perfect description. And just where I want him. <laughs> just where I want him. Right on top of the Sunday. He's perfect for it. <laughs> the last full-length track on the album is Attention Please. Now, wow, 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 wow. Right? Talk about whiplash. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but um, in a good way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we we talked earlier about how... It was reminiscent of of bands and sounds that we listened to in our youth. Mm -hmm. You said Good Charlotte. You said Simple Plan. Mm -hmm. And then I said Nirvana and Foo Fighters, which Mm -hmm. is essentially the same thing. And uh, that's just the vibe at the end. It's just straight up alt rock. And it's fun. Yes. It's really fun because it brought me back to like all the music that I used to love to listen to. But it's still just like, it just fit them very well 
I know. And I was kind of surprised by that. Right. Yeah, I was like, oh, this is a banger. I love this. And, like, why is Alt Rock such a good fit on this group? I know. Who would have thought? Not me. (laughs) (laughs) Was that uh, Paul Rudd? That was Paul Paul Rudd. Rudd. That was absolutely Paul Rudd. That that scene lives in my mind all day, every day. Rent free. Yep. It's ironic, too, because their band seems to be geared toward, like, a much younger audience, international audience. Yeah. Yet that music is, like, straight up our generation. So, like... It absolutely is, which is kind of surprising to me. I'm like, is this coming back around? Or, you know, if it does, I'm going to be stoked. Has the pendulum swung so far, Crystal, <laughs> that we are now hip again? <laughs> I hope. <laughs> 30 and hip. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. I know. Yeah, I just, we can't even say that. We could, but it's terrible. I you know what? 30 is not that old. I realize it now that I'm 30, but anybody listening, it's okay. You can still think Well, about you know, <laughs> if, you know, since you're listening to our podcast right now, it might be a fun fact to know that, like, our key demographic for our podcast is, like, 25 to 29-year-olds. Well, that's perfect. 24 to 29. So you're all our age anyway. Yeah. Speaking of our age, does anybody wake up and just feel really sore in the morning? Not me. Yeah. I'm raising my hand. Me. We're raising our hands. Also, um, um, that's another thing about your 30s. You can't remember shit. Yeah. Oh, my God. Anyway, back to the podcast. <laughs> back to your regularly scheduled programming. Um, there was an uh, an outro, interlude, interlude question. We didn't listen to it, did we? Nope. I listened to it. <laughs> you listened to it. I did. It was really weird. It was really weird. Yeah. And um, it fit the last two Song. tracks of the uh, album. Okay, okay. It's... So that's what I was going to ask you, actually. Mm-hmm. Sorry to cut you off. Do you think we're going to hear more of that type of music on the next album? Good God, I hope so. I hope so, too. You know, uh, in many interviews, Jay has said that his favorite genre of music is rock. Any kind of rock. It doesn't even matter. And I think that there are some other guys in the band as well who also like rock. He's holding it down on just, like, consistent rock Mm -hmm. vocal. I, I, I strongly feel that he's singing Jay were the best interpreters of the rock sound. Yes. Not to say that the others weren't, but, like, they really impressed me. Mm-hmm. And I am a big rock fan as well. So um, those were the folks that I hope really push the management and the artistic team in that direction. That's what I hope, too. We highly encourage everybody to hit up Spotify. You know, if you're listening to our podcast on Spotify, just switch right over listen to those tracks get the streams up we gotta get streams up y'all do not slack on streaming we gotta support the boys come on next up on our audio nightmare dilemma episode Crystal and I introduce a new segment called Encapsule, where we talk about recent and hype news, as well as other tidbits related to Island. We join our regularly scheduled programming already in progress. Number one. So Heesung is recovering from surgery. Oh. On November 3rd, uh, B-Lip Lab announced that he underwent surgery 
to remove a cyst on one of his toes. Oh. Uh, so he's resting. The agency also announced that while he's is planning to rest for a week, if recovery takes longer than anticipated, he may have to limit his participation in some performances of their upcoming fan meeting on the 29th. Elif Lab's statement reads, in part, we would like to provide some information on Hisung while taking part in activities for the first studio album. He experienced pain in one of his toes. However, should recovery take longer than expected, we ask for your understanding that Hisung may participate in a limited capacity in the fan meeting scheduled for the 19th. Elif Lab will continue to place the highest priority on artist's health and safety and will do our utmost to ensure that Hisung can join all fans healthy and well. I'm glad to hear that because yeah. that should be taken seriously. If there's any injuries, I mean, you can't have somebody perform after a surgery like that. Like it's, you've got to rest, you've got to keep an eye on it. So that's another great thing about their label. Right. Also, um, and Hypen's Sung Hoon is now MC for the, uh, KBS show Music Bank. Yes. Um, which is like, a mainstay in K-pop television in Korea. So he took he took over for uh, MC Subin from TXT and also uh, Oh My Girls Arin um, on October 8th. So we wish Sunghoon the best in hosting Music Bank. I know I will be watching because I'm a K- no, I'm a nerd. <laughs> I love watching K- uh, the, the K-pop programs every week. I like to listen to new K-pop, and those programs really, like... Streamline it. Oh, yeah. They mm-hmm. challenge me to listen to artists that aren't the ones that I usually listen to, so... Yeah. yeah. Some other news regarding Island contestants. Uh, the new Just Be album got released with Gonu and Jimin. Oh, yeah! Yeah, so congratulations to the boys on your new album. I particularly like Just Be. Um, they, their music... Uh, at first I thought that it was like a little bit too big and hard mm-hmm. like it was like really in your face but then I realized that like that day that I was listening to them I just wasn't ready for it and <laughs> I'm like oh, I love it so congratulations to Gonu and Jimin yes, and also there's huge news about your boy K <laughs> I know. Kay. Are you ready? Because I'm I ha- so you ready. guys I haven't told Crystal about this and she hasn't seen the news so this last week, High Corporation put out their briefing to the public, their their business meeting to the public. And at the end, the CEO of High Japan announced that they are going to be having an audition program to cast the additional members of the Japanese group that K will be in, as well as Taki, EJ, and Nicholas. Oh my god! <laughs> So I think Crystal and I will be getting back into the world of survival shows in 2022. Uh, deeply and thoroughly. Yes. yes it's um, going to be called and audition. Oh. The and, like the and symbol. Yes. audition. Is that oh. called ampersand? I actually don't know the name of that symbol. I think it's an ampersand. Yeah. <laughs> ampersand audition. Uh, in hyphen. In hyphen. <laughs> I... Quit messing with my English knowledge, y'all. Like, y'all Korean, why are you being so difficult? I'm so excited. I just, I want to see Catherine. I'm excited to see Taki again. I know, Taki. And I want to see how he's grown. 
Yeah. Like these they're not they don't just sit in a room somewhere eating ramen. Like no. they train. They train, they're working so, hard. I wanna see how Taki's grown. I, I, I liked Nicholas, mm-hmm. despite the whole, you know, o, OT nine shit and you know, we got oh, past that. Yeah. Like Nicholas was always a top choice for me. He's very good. And then EJ uh, we yeah. haven't seen in a while either. So, I know. Um, I always liked EJ. Bring the boys back. Yeah, that makes me very and happy. K debut. K debut. <laughs> Crystal's gonna <laughs> fall over, you guys. I'm gonna. I know. Start a second podcast. <laughs> I would not be sad about that at all. For our last segment, um, I recorded a podcast with us, like, I want to say around May of this year, and it never made it to the light of day because I'm a bitch. Um, And while I was editing, I was like, I don't feel like this is good enough, but it really was. Anyway, we're going to bring back something that we did on that podcast, which we think you guys will love. So Halloween just passed. And we were talking in our unaired podcast about what Hogwarts houses would in hyphen members be placed in. Yes. So since it's was since spooky season is over now, and I, I'm very much in the Harry Potter mood, mm-hmm. I think we're gonna discuss that today. So on the Enhypen subreddit, um, user posted what Hogwarts houses would in hyphen members be placed in. It says so I love doing this for all of my favorite groups, and I think I have a proper opinion now on Hogwarts houses and hyphen members. <laughs> they put an emoji. It says, Heesung Hufflepuff, Jay Gryffindor, Jake Hufflepuff, Sunghoon Ravenclaw, Sunu Hufflepuff, Jungwon Slytherin, and Nikki Slytherin. Says, I'd love to know what y'all think and if you agree or disagree. Fun fact this came about because I'm currently writing an hyphen HP Universe Sunky AU, which <laughs> I'm going to be looking for after this. So thank you very much, user. <laughs> and we should totally do a fanfic episode sometime. We should. That's cute. I love that they're writing that. How fun. Says, Good edit, for you. Edit LOL. Just to clarify, by placing Nikki in Slytherin, it's not to show him in a bad light. I just think he's really ambitious and witty, and he knows what he's doing. In general, his personality strikes me as a Slytherin. This is not adhering to stereotypical archetypes. Where only Slytherins are bad and only Gryffindors are good. Edit number two. <laughs> I just realized I made a mistake and placed Jungle in a Ravenclaw when in reality I think he's a Slytherin. I think I had a brain fart. I'm <laughs> just now noticing R.I.P. I love this whole Reddit post. So first of all, thank you so much for Pop. I love the post. It was very inspiring. And I think you and I are very qualified to talk Harry Potter. Oh, yeah. I, I Honestly, <laughs> I mean, I have gone to the Midnight Book releases. Oh, we, we both have, yes. yes. we both have. And we, we've gone to the Midnight Movie releases. Yes. We have been around the block because... We both used to be avid um, IMDb Harry Potter board members. Yes, when there were still message boards on IMDb back yes, in the day. back in the day. We've met many friends uh, internationally. And... We both participated in Harry Potter trivia yes. competitions. So many trivia competitions. Of which all, we have won. Yes, we won, we won one. Mm-hmm. And then there was another one where we failed epically. But uh, So, you know, one and oh, or one and one, excuse me, one and one. So, you know, the good and the bad. Let's talk about it. Let's start at the top. He's some Hufflepuff. What you thinking? 
He's some Hufflepuff. My gut reaction is yes. And I'm saying that because one of the overarching traits of Hufflepuff house is hard work and patience. Yeah. And Hisung has demonstrated that because he had been in the game a long time, right? Even before yeah. I land. Yeah. So I think that he absolutely demonstrates the qualities of a Hufflepuff. I think another Hufflepuff quality that Hisung displays is like well-roundedness. Yes. It's not necessarily, um, you know, being good at everything, but like being consistent at everything. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's one of the things. Another thing is... I also think about what what the houses are not. Yeah. And so one of the things that Hufflepuff are not necessarily is like unemotional, although they have a tendency to not flaunt their emotions. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's definitely something that people can misunderstand Heeson for. Is like, yes. He's not unemotional. He's very emotional. It's just that he's really good at keeping it level. He is. Absolutely. Yeah. And it says another important thing is to remember that a Hufflepuff's loyalty is not free. It is selective and based on fairness, but will likely be prominent throughout the application. Hmm. Fun fact. But I think that that person has it right. Like, Hisung strikes me as, like, prefect of the Hufflepuff dorms. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, head boy. Yes, head boy, <laughs> for sure. Hisung for head boy. All right, the next one. Yes. Next Jay one. Jay Gryffindor. Now, Jay is your... Jay is my boy, and yeah. Gryffindor is also my house, and I have to say as a gatekeeper, yes, queen! All right, all right. I completely agree. It's interesting because um, I feel like his bravery, and maybe bravery is like the broad term for like a Gryffindor, but like his um, ambition... It's like... Determination. Yes, determination. Thank yes. you. Yeah, so I think that I think that determination's prop the proper term for it. Um, he's super honest. He's mm-hmm. blunt. Island showed us. Mm-hmm. Uh, he loves to step into the leadership role, even though he's not the leader of an hyphen. He leads by example. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a huge Gryffindor trait. Um, another thing on the they're not necessarily list is irresponsible it says Gryffindors display a strong tendency to own their mistakes but they make mistakes and that was a huge aspect of Jay's island journey absolutely I think it's spot on too next up we have Jake Mm -hmm. um says Hufflepuff hmm I I tend to agree I tend to agree also Mm -hmm. but I might play devil's advocate and say that maybe he's more in the Ravenclaw house. Really? Um, Ooh, this is going to be so good. Yeah. Talk to me about it. And I think that it's because he's very adaptive and I, and I would say that he has wisdom because he has come at this from a place of like knowing who he is and what he wants. And he just really practices I don't know. Like you mentioned his like little like shoulder moves. Like he has all these little traits mm-hmm. that he brings out. I don't know. No, I think that that's, I'm glad that you went there because I think it's important to remember that when Jake was going to school, he was studying science fields. Yeah. He loved physics. And like whenever he talks about school or learning, he comes from a very Ravenclaw stance 
He's constantly looking for the intellectual, and he's striving for those things. Uh, but I I tend to agree with the um, the Hufflepuff placement only because I think because he's hardworking. Mm-hmm. I think because he's so friendly. He loves to be fair. Like when they're playing games on all of their uh, their variety shows, he's constantly searching like for the rules or like yes. or like playing by the rules. True. And he's good hearted. He's mm-hmm. I, I like his emoji online is a dog. I mean not just for his personality, but also because of his dog Layla. Mm-hmm. And so I just I, I I feel that. So I agree with Hufflepuff. I also agree that like a sorting hat mishap could put him in Ravenclaw. It could, right? I think it I we all have those in us. Right, right? that mixed bag. The moment, yeah. Mm-hmm. Next up we have Sunum. We've got Ravenclaw. I would tend to agree, mm-hmm. mainly in part because he has spent so much time first as an ice skater. It shows a lot of creativity. It shows a lot of dedication. <sighs> yeah. It's that diligence. It's the diligence, yeah. Yeah. I think that Sunwoon is the hardest to place. Uh, and that's because he is. He's, he's very quiet. Mm-hmm. But that's not... This is a hard one. Yeah. I know, and I'm thinking about it because I think personality-wise, Hee-sung and Sung-un are very close. Mm-hmm. Like, um, on the quiet end of things, they observe a lot. I think that observance is, like, also a Ravenclaw trait, not so much a Hufflepuff trait. And I think this is the point where I have to, like, put... I have to put, I have to put them next to each other and examine. Like, um... Sunwoon is hardworking and like loyal and honest, but not to the point of like me putting him in Hufflepuff. You know right. What I mean? Next up, we have Sunu. They put him in Hufflepuff. I disagree. I disagree. One hundred. We've talked about this before. <laughs> we have. Even though, I think on a past podcast too. I think we mentioned it. Yeah. That yeah. We both felt we that both... he had. Strong Slytherin energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, as the gatekeeper Slytherin, give me some give me some reasons. Well, he's very ambitious for one. That's the overarching fear of Slytherin. Yeah. Um, and he is focused on his goals. Um, he's adaptable, we've seen, for he's sure. Very charming. He's very charming, which mm-hmm. is definitely a big uh, cornerstone of the Slytherin house as well. Yeah. Um, and he's bold. So bold. So bold. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I don't know, there's a there's a lot of traits there. And again, we're looking at Slytherin through a positive lens, not any kind of negative lens like the other individual on Reddit had pointed out. Well, and I think, well, and the other thing is I think that the book's perception and view of Slytherin wasn't as inclusive yeah. as the Slytherin house is. Like, right. Um, you know, lots of people think that they are, you know, disloyal or constantly changing to benefit themselves, but I think that they discount a lot of the great qualities of Slytherins. Exactly. And one of the key things, too, is that they, like, do care about how their impressions come off to other people. You and think I think about Draco. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think that's, uh, I think that's a new... Absolutely. I think that Sanu... I think it's the little 
his little flourish, his spirit, it's like very Slytherin. And he's also very sharp. Mm-hmm. And he teases like in their variety shows. Oh, yes. He teases the other boys. Yep. And I love his bravery in that. Mm-hmm. I think it might have even been during Island where like people would not be uncomfortable with Sanu, but like not know what to do about his <laughs> bubbliness or his flamboyancy. Yeah. I think that that puts him clearly in Slytherin. No doubts for me. Yep. Agree. Uh, Jungwon they put in Slytherin as well. Well, actually, we put Sunny and Slytherin. Uh, they put them in Hufflepuff. But they put Jungwon and Slytherin. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Methinks we have some questions. Yeah, I don't necessarily see Jungwon as a Slytherin. Mm-hmm. I actually think he has more Gryffindor-like qualities. That's It's a Harry Potter conundrum with me. I I know I know why people put him in Slytherin. I mean, you look at the qualities: ambitious, driven, uh, realistic, self-reliant, charming, bold, assertive, mm-hmm. things like that. Very honest, which is a trait of Gryffindor. Um, I think that he doesn't like to back down, but not in a way where he's going to like cutthroat other people. And not that every Slytherin would do that either. Mm-hmm. But I just think that. You know, and that's the thing too. Slytherin and Gryffindors, they have a lot of similar traits. There's crossover there. There's duality. Yeah. And I think that that's the toughest part. And I think he's very practical too. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that, I mean, there's a reason he was chosen as the lead. I think that, and I think that that's what leads me more toward the Gryffindor angle. Mm-hmm. And like, I might, we might be wrong. Of course, we're all making guesstimates. Oh, but for like, sure. If only we could really have a sorting hat. <laughs> Trust me, this is my Can dying question. Can we sit question. down and hype it in front of the Pottermore test? Just please. Yeah. Just please. Even more than the Pottermore test, I want a real sorting hat to sit on my head, your head, and all of Hypen's heads, anybody who wants laundry. But then, like, I know that there are people listening to us, and they're like, oh, but Nathan and Crystal, like, you're missing, like, his sly humor aspect on, like, all of these interviews, and, like... I think that's more like a facade. Perhaps. Right? I don't know that I feel like that's genuinely him when he gives those like impish looks in like interviews or like music videos. Really? I feel like it's more like a, I don't know that that's like truly his like de- like a devious nature. I think it's more of just like a cutesy thing for me. Interesting. That's just my take though. Interesting. Oh, we're stuck. We are stuck. <laughs> like Gryffindor Slytherin cusp. Yeah. For him. <laughs> and I like, uh, Yeah. I don't know, man. That's fine. You can say however you feel. I'm going to say that I disagree with the Reddit user. I'm sorry, Reddit yeah, user. Yeah, no, and it's not like a, it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing, yeah. It just, it's so difficult. It's just a difference of opinion. And lastly, we have Nikki, who they placed in Slytherin as well. Now, as a Nikki bias and also a Slytherin, tell me, what do you think? I think they're right. Yeah, tell me. I like it. I really do. Um, he's also very ambitious. He's driven. Super focused on his goals. I mean, he's one of the younger members. He has been striving for this for a long time. I mean, now that all of them haven't. Um, Mm. but there's just things about him. I definitely think he's adaptable as well. Um, and he's charming. He's very charming. Sure. 
But maybe that's just my take on charming. Everybody's interpretation of charming can be very different. No. See, like, so now I'm scrolling down in some of the comments here on the Reddit. And it's interesting because they... <laughs> it's really interesting. So I tend to agree. Nikki very, very well fits into Slytherin with his ambition and, like, um, his determination, all that kind of stuff. And then when we think about more of, like, the sly and charming bold sides um i see i see less of it like in interviews and that that sort of thing i don't think that they're not there right um i tend to oh i don't know this is so difficult well and again i feel like they all give off different vibes and personas in their music videos obviously because that's partially acting compared mm-hmm. to interviews. Yeah. So I guess I'm looking at the whole thing and I'm getting different reactions from all of them. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. Perhaps his ambition could be a Gryffindor thing too. Oh yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Again, there's a lot of crossover. There's a lot of crossover there. But I also, I'm, I have a hard time placing it as well, just like Sunrun. I, I, I tend to more toward the Slytherin. I think that he's still very young as well. And like, and I think that the language barrier poses some issues, too. Mm-hmm. Like, the fact that um, he may not be able to express himself as clearly through Korean. Right. Um, but he's getting there. I think about who he says his inspirations are. Tainan. Yeah. He's, like, a big one, obviously. Yeah. And, like, he toured with Shiny. So, like, then I have to think, like, well, what would I put Tainan in? Tainan's a total Slytherin. Absolute Slytherin. So, like, perhaps Nikki's just not a self-actualized Slytherin yet. Right, but he's trying to get there. Perhaps he's still figuring himself out. I feel comfortable putting him in Slytherin as well. Okay. All right. Uh, it's a, That was an interesting exercise. Like That was challenging. Yeah. I thought it was going to be really easy. <laughs> right. It was not. You're like, oh, really... I can just put this person into here and there and the other thing. I started to have a lot of self-doubt. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, speaking from a personal, uh, a personal point of view, like, you know, well, I'm a Gryffindor, total Gryffindor. For me, my boldness comes out as bravery and tenacity mm-hmm. i don't know i just i feel the gryffindor right and i do too same too, with you slytherin yeah but I, I feel like i've always identified with slytherin more but like i do think that i have a lot of courage myself but i guess i've always translated it more into the slytherin side of ambition mm-hmm. but with ambition also comes courage yeah. i mean i don't know like when you are really striving to be somewhere and to be seen Courage is almost like an afterthought. It's like, it's just what's expected. Um, But yeah, now for me, Slytherin has always resonated with the idea of ambition and cunning and just doing what it takes to get where you need to be. Now, that doesn't mean that I've done things cutthroat or like thrown people under the bus. It just means that I've put aside my own level of comfort to get to where I need to be at times. And that also entails courage. That's totally relatable. I think um, this is a great exercise in both our understanding of an hyphen and Harry Potter. Yes, and uh, ourselves. Yeah, and <laughs> wow, so introspective. Mm-hmm. Leave us a DM or uh, you know send us uh, a message on Twitter. Let us know what your Harry Potter house is, and if you agree with this um, post from the Reddit user.
on the in hyphen subreddit. Um, let us know what your house is too. I want to know what our listeners are. I know. I'm very curious. What are you? I'd are like you, to hear it. Do you hear my voice? <laughs> Come message us. <laughs> Please. We want to know. We want to interact. Well, another podcast episode in the books. Another one down. How are you feeling? I feel great. It feels really good just to get back into the swing of things and to connect with uh, with our listeners again yes. and to connect with and hype it again. Right. It's having an excuse to do it. Like, I know for you, you've been really busy and like... You too. Yeah, well, yeah. that's true. I mean, I, I, I just haven't had the time. Mm-hmm. But It's been hard. But we both feel this need to like get back to a creative outlet, which for us is our podcast, um, and Hypen, which is a great source of strength and joy. It is, always. And they're co- they're constantly inspiring me to be better. Mm-hmm. Me too. I mean, we've run for your dreams, Island, you know? Yes. It all started there, it and now it's growing to fruition, so... Um, I feel like I'm growing with them, literally. Oh, <laughs> that's such a great sentiment. Yeah. I love that. And I'm sure that you folks, wherever you're listening to our podcast, feel the same way. That's why you're listening to this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you guys. And we look forward to making many more podcasts for you. So until then, have a great day, afternoon, evening, whenever you're listening to this. And we'll see you soon. We'll see you soon. Thanks again. Bye.